if you are listening to this, I understand you either are looking to get into the sports industry or are currently already working in the sports industry. But either way, both of you understand the importance of networking and putting yourself in the best position to to get the next great opportunity. Well, I have a resource that will be able to help you do that. It is called jobsinsports.com. I will put their website link in the episode description. You can either check it out now or you can go after the episode and check it out later. But for sure, this is a resource you should have signed up for yesterday, especially if you want to get into the sports industry or already in the sports industry. Now, what is jobsinsports.com? Well, they're the number one job sports focused job board online. And when you sign up, it's important that when you sign up, you let them know that you heard it from a podcast. So let me explain what you will get from jobsandsports.com. Currently, it is free to sign up, but you will have limited access to the detailed job descriptions, the sports internship descriptions, and their sport job database. But if you sign up for their premium membership, which is $5 in the first month, You will be able to post your resume on their database. You will get a resume review and possible recommendation. You will have access to their full detailed job descriptions of 3,194 listings. You will get access to the detailed sports internship descriptions, which is 553 internships. And myself personally, I know how difficult it is to find internships online. You'll get access to the sports team and industry contacts. You'll be able to network with the right people in the sports industry. You will get access to Game Face Sports Career Advice Audio Series. You will get access to the 46 Chapter Sports Employment ebook. And lastly, you will get access to their sports job database search. So now, go sign up for this resource at jobsandsports.com. And when you sign up, make sure when you hit that drop down, box where they ask you where they heard it from, make sure you hit the podcast because I want them to know that the sports is a job community consists of the leaders of the sports industry. But more importantly, I want them to understand that we have the future leaders and the future stars that will fill all of these job opportunities listed on their website. So go sign up at jobsinsports.com. First off, I want to shout out you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I want to tell you, I deeply appreciate your time and for you taking your time to listen to what's going on here. This platform that we're creating is for you. We're trying to create this platform to connect you with other people, with other opportunity, but more importantly, the lessons that each guest that comes on here learns from their own journey. So today's guest is the Assistant Director of Digital Media at Utah Valley University Athletics. He went on to a two-year missionary trip where he all he used was Facebook, but yet he was able to get back in the groove and is a social media specialist he is today. We talk about how to call at the core of connecting with people online and in life is really just human connection. So without further ado, here's the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sports is Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. This is one half of the podcast. My name is Colby Castillo, and as always, we are joined by our co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. 
And today's guest, we have a special guest, someone who can talk about social media. He calls himself a social media specialist, and he has the resume to back that up. So without further ado, I'd like to formally introduce Ryan Boswell to the Sports is Job podcast. How are we doing today? We're doing good. It's good to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. And one of the things we want to talk about is you're a huge social media person. And on your LinkedIn, you said you have experience managing social media accounts from, from 100 followers to 10,000 followers. And I saw there was like a big band you said, I think it was at the Killers. And I was, I was going back and forth with Olivia. I was like, Kobe, just so you know, Kobe did not know who the Killers were. The Killers are one of my favorite bands. And I was so disappointed uh, that he did not know that they sang Mr. Brightside. I'm like, that is oh, a classic. I was, I was born and raised on Hawaii on an island, for God's sake. We don't get that much. We, we were isolated in the middle of an ocean. All I listen to is reggae, Bob Marley, and all the J-Bug and all the music like that. I don't listen. To, I don't know who the Killers are. And that's okay. what we got Ryan here to come talk about is <laughs> who is the killers and what is it that he did for them with their social media accounts? What, so what I did for them was basically just like tracking analytics um, and like gathering information so that they could better reach their audience. And so when I worked for them, I reported to their social media manager. Mm -hmm. um, and so how that happened, my roommate actually knows their social director and was just like, hey, my buddy from Oklahoma is looking for an intern. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll shoot him a message. And so I shot him a message. Before that, the only experience I'd had was running the social media for my, uh, for my student section at my high school. And then I had run it for another account that I was doing at the time that had like a couple thousand followers. It was just like a, just an account that I was running. And so I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I have this experience. I've run these accounts. Um, let me know if you need any help with anything. I know that you're looking for an intern. And he was like, yep, absolutely. Do you want to do it? This is for the killers. And then when I told my parents, they're like, no way. Like you don't have time for that. I'm like, mom, it'll be fine. Like, we'll get everything figured out. Um, and so I got to work with them for a semester and just got to report, um, looking up audiences. It really taught me how to like look for information and digging deeper rather than just like, Oh, here's me at Starbucks with my peppermint hot chocolate, like just past the regular stuff. And it, that was like my first big break where I got to look past the surface and it taught me to look a little bit deeper. So it was pretty cool when you are digging deeper to kind of gain more information on these accounts, like what are some programs that you look at? Cause I know that there are Twitter analytics or like, what are some things that like really stand out to you when like looking for valuable information like that? For me, a lot of what I did was looking at competition. So like other to correlate it in the sports realm, it would be looking at the other schools that are in our conference and looking at what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, what, you know, how many hashtags are they putting on a post to connect with their audience? Are they getting interactions from the people that go to their games? Are the people that are going to games following them on social media and things like tying it internally, what we're doing, but looking at what the other people are doing and seeing how I can correlate it to what we're doing. Thanks. So I saw that you actually got to be a photographer at college game day. So how did you get that opportunity? And I guess like what steps did you take to reach out? Like how did you find the right people to do something like that? Because when I was at, I've been at Minnesota this past year now and college game day came to the Wisconsin Minnesota game and it was an unbelievable experience. Like that's the first time mm -hmm. I ever came to Minnesota. So like just, I guess, talk about that a little bit too. Let's see, I'm trying to think back. That was like September of my freshman year. So I'd actually, I think I'd been an athletic photographer marketing intern, whatever it was, that was so long ago. But 
I hadn't even been in that position for like less than a month. And so what happened was it was up at the University of Utah. We're about an hour, maybe 45 minutes south of University of Utah. And my boss was just like, hey, I'm going to send three of you guys up there, wear UVU gear and just try to get a couple pictures because you guys are, we're going to be wearing green and they're all wearing red. So we went up there. I had my camera. We got there like probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we just camped out. And then at like 4.30, they started lining up to go in to get ready for the show. And so at the tent where they're making all the signs and writing stuff down, we were just making a sign. And the person that was running the tent was like, oh, why do you have a camera? And I explained, oh, we're from UVU. You know, I take pictures for the athletic department. And she's like, oh, cool. Meet me back here in an hour. I was like, all right, sounds good. And so I meet her back there in an hour and she brings the producer of the show. And he's like, hey, if you you meet me at the bus over there at 6 a.m., I'll give you an all access pass. I just need you to take a couple pictures for me after the show. I was like, all right, sounds good. So there I am, like a three-week freshman, hadn't even been (laughs) anything big. I was just like, all right, we're going to be taking pictures. So we get our guys up to the very front of the line. They're sitting on the railing in blaring green sweatshirts, and everyone, they're in like a sea of red. And I'm backstage, and it really just happened because I talked to that person. It wasn't just like, oh, I take pictures. It was like, I work for UVU. I'm here taking pictures for our team. And then she's like, oh, cool. Like, it's someone that we can trust, take some pictures. And then the show was over at like 9 a.m. And then there was one part where one of the security guards, they like let all the press out into the rows of people. And one of the security guards like chased after me and grabbed me and like pulled me back. He's like, how'd you get out here? Why are you out here? I'm like, I didn't even remember the producer's name. He's like, the producer gave me this. And like, he wanted me to take pictures. And then the producer walks over and he like tells the security guard, he's like, let him go, let him go. He's fine. He's fine. That's that. All right. <laughs> so that was how that happened. What a great start to your uh, your sports photography career. And it, it's obvious seeing through you, you got this passion and, and you really love working in sport. Where did this passion come from? I grew up collecting sports cards. It was always something that was a big part of me um, and realized that I couldn't play sports at the collegiate level. And so I just wanted to be involved however I could. Took a, a risk. I actually got my first internship by going up to my now boss at a pool party at one of the housing fairs. And I gave him my business card. I was like, hey, I take photos. And he's like, oh, cool. You want to meet in like a week or so? And then I met with him. And he's like, do you want an internship? I was like, sure. And so that was kind of like my first leap. I didn't even really know what I was doing, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And that was where I wanted to be. Just from talking to you, you seem like a really big people person. And I'm sure that there's like a lot of people that struggle with that. And Personally, me, like I used to struggle with that a lot. So do you have any advice for people on ways that they can come out of their shell more and like get to know people and not be scared to make that first initial contact? Absolutely. I think for anyone that wants to go out and meet new people, don't worry so much about yourself, but just be asking questions about the person that you're talking to. So if you have five or 10 memorized questions that you ask every new person that you meet for the first time, great. But people love talking about themselves. And when you open up and like you intently listen, even if you don't know what to say, they're going to have a response to the question that you ask them. And so just be willing to ask questions to get people to open up to you because not to pull out vulnerability, but when you're able to talk to someone for the first time, that definitely creates that spark in a relationship and a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I want to get back to the timeline of, of your career but one of the more interesting things that we saw and we talked about, Livia and I talked about your journey is that 
you left to do a missionary trip. You posted that picture July 17 and 2017 on your Instagram that you were leaving for this missionary trip for two years. And then you came back in 2019 posting your first Instagram post in two years. Was this something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or was this something that just came out of the blue and said, you know, this is what you wanted to do. And, and when you came back, how was it kind of getting back, I guess, into the groove of things, especially with social media? Because we talked about it like 2017 to 2019 was huge stages for social media. Like Twitter was booming. Instagram was booming. And then here you are, you're a social media specialist, but you were gone for two years. So how in the world did you, you know, catch up with things? It's definitely a, an interesting question because I was gone for a super long time. And I think I learned a lot of skills while I was gone from other people that helped me be where I am now. I mean, I'm definitely more organized. I, I have a better idea of how to talk to people. I did get to use social media a little bit while I was gone, not like Twitter or Instagram or anything, but I used Facebook a little bit while I was gone, but not a whole lot of people are using yeah. Facebook, um, especially our age and those that we're trying to connect with. But I think for me, it was just like, if you're going to do this, you need to figure out what's going on inside so to catch up on a bunch of trends, figure out what's going on. Um, and when I came into this position, the person that had done it before, um, she's actually at Duke now doing social media. She's incredible. Um, I called her a couple of times and just asked for some tips, things that she had done, and then just figured out the ropes and figured out what needed to go on. And it was a lot of hit and miss, you know, anything in the sports realm, you're going to hit some and you're definitely going to miss a lot. But you just got to figure out what works and what doesn't work. figure out how to shape that into what, what you're doing. So yes, when I left for two years, I totally lost my touch of how to connect with people digitally, but I increased my skills with how to talk to people personally that when I got back, it was almost like I didn't miss anything because I felt like I was more, you know, dictated. I felt like I could talk to people in a better sense because I didn't have Twitter or Instagram for two years and, you know, coming back from that you have a better idea of how to talk. And this is just how I personally think. I'm not so much focused on the likes or the clicks. I'm focused on connecting with people. And again, that goes back to what we've talked about so far. But yes, the engagements are incredible. And this is so unorthodox for a social director to say, but like, <laughs> I'm more focused on the people that we're connecting with. I don't want to just get followers so that it looks cool on our timeline. I want people to be actual fans that are engaging and they feel like they're a part of the team. What is it you do at Utah Valley? So what is your position title? And then what is it you do day to day? Um, I'm the assistant director of digital media over here at U of U at Utah Valley University. I oversee a team of four social media specialists. And we also, also have a photographer on our team. And basically we're responsible for the 34 accounts across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so I oversee the team and then also oversee our main athletics page, Go UVU. And then also our men's basketball page. So those are the sports that I'm over. And then I also oversee the operations of the rest of our pages. Now, we noticed that you started off as an intern, as an athletic marketing photography intern. And you credit it in the YPS sports chat saying that this was the job that got you the job you're currently in today. So what was it that you did as an intern? And how did you leverage that opportunity into you getting the position you have now? During my first year, it was 2016 and 2017, I was a freshman here at UVU actually. My biggest focus was just making sure I come in as someone that can build relationships with people and obviously still being professional throughout it. So I got to do one of my passions and do photography and then also take that into sports and it was just the perfect combination for me. So I'd say building the connections with people my first year was what really helped me get into the position where I'm at now. 
You talked about you, you oversee a team of five and, and a bunch of other people. I saw that you guys did like a photo shoot or you guys have a bunch of pictures you took of the team and whatnot, because it seems like everyone enjoys working with each other, especially with your team. How is it that you built that culture or that team atmosphere? One of the biggest things that I've recognized is people are more inclined to do harder work when they feel like it's something that they love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding a way to connect people to their purpose. Um, this was just kind of how I was raised. My dad taught me a lot about, you know, getting connected to purpose. And that's what he does. He works for a company focused on employee recognition. And I just realized that it was so much easier for people to do what they love because they love what they're doing. And it's not as important just to check the boxes or come to work from nine to five and do what you're told to do. It's finding ways to improve what's going on because you absolutely love what you're a part of. And so I've trained and worked with my team to help them see that I want them to connect to their purpose so that they can do things that will help them down the line, but also help our organization and things like that. Did you graduate? I I know it's in your LinkedIn. It says you graduate in 2022. Is that correct? Or is that? Yeah, that's, that's the tentative plan. I'm, I'm set to graduate in 2020. Okay. And so that's what I want to talk about because I feel like with social media, right? A lot of people who are getting into social media and I, I know social media specialists, it seems like a lot of the things you learn is actually from doing um, certain things on social media. So can you talk about how you, maybe your education, your classes have helped you? And then what do you think about in the future, maybe it being something where social media specialists don't go to college, but really they just learn from the experience of actually using social media. Yeah. So I'm a marketing major, not digital marketing or social media or anything like that. I'm actually just a general marketing. And this semester is actually the very first time that I've taken a course that's in the direction of my degree. Um, so before this, I've, you know, I've never taken a social media course. I've never taken um, I mean, I've taken like English 1010 and English 2010. I've never taken like a communications or a PR class. So a lot of what I've learned has been on the job and just kind of doing what I think needs to be done. Um, and about a month ago, I got to present to our social media class. I'm doing a, a project with them right now. But it was kind of interesting having never taken that class, presenting to that class. Um, I a couple of years ago, Matt Prince, who's the, I think he, I don't remember a specific title, but he works for Taco Bell at about 20, 21 years old. He was put in as the social media director for Disney. And that just blew my mind. It was like, he may not know exactly what he's doing, but he has the experience and he's going to learn hand on hand. So I think courses give a perfect direction and give you the insight that you need to have a ton of it comes from critical thinking and acting on your feet. That's just the world that we live in now. Um, but I definitely think, you know, learning the basics are a necessity. And then a lot of it just comes from your personal thoughts and your personal actions to take from there on out. So maybe social media managers don't go to school at all, but I think a lot of it, you just have to learn. You have to be willing to learn and you have to know how to learn hands-on, but some things you just have to read out of the book. Sometimes you just have to have that tangible thing in front of you to learn how to do it. I think like this brings up a really interesting topic because I'm in the position right now where I'm looking into going to grad school or getting an internship. So now I'm like raising the question. It's like, well, what's more important, like a master's degree or two years extra experience? So, I mean, it does correlate to that in some way. Like, you know, I think times are definitely changing. And I think that rate like asks the question is just like, 
is a degree more really more valuable in the experience going into a specific field like and i think social media is that so like, like for example instagram bloggers or um what are they called now um influencers so like does an influencer have more experience on social media than someone who got a degree in it right. does that kind of make sense where i'm coming from so yeah. i actually when i started doing social media i was about 13. Um, I started doing basically influencing before it was, <clears throat> so I, it started out with longboarding. Um, I reached out to a couple companies, got a couple sponsors, they would send me gear and then I would make videos for their company. Um, and then that stemmed out to a couple other companies that I've done work for. And if you go back on my Instagram, you'll see some of their products tagged, but like for me, I, I mean, there aren't social media classes in high school, but at least not where I grew up. There wasn't a class for that. But for me, it was just, just kind of went for it and had to learn what it was. And then I got that experience. And then now the position that I'm in, I can look back on that and be like, oh, what did I do here? Or what did I do there? And how can I apply that now? Mm -hmm. And I thought was one of the interesting thing is that you've already got this full-time or this position, assistant director of digital media, but you're also still going to school. And you don't see that with many cases. It's where, you know, and I did talk to one of my mentors who I was like, dude, do you think you could ever see the sports industry moving away from hiring people who have degrees and just say, I hire the best person with the best experience. But one of the things he kind of like put into um, framework and the thought, he said, well, you understand if you're working in college athletics, you're working in higher education. Yeah. How can you expect students, um, student athletes and students that you're working and kind of leading look up to you when you don't have the higher education experience? And that's just one of those topics I always debate back and forth. And, and I look at like, can we change the, can we change the field? Can we build a two year, three year, four year um, certification program that's half the price that teaches the sports biz individuals um, the necessities, the, the certain things that you actually need instead of having to take certain courses. But it also plays, there's also the positives of also doing all these courses. Don't get me wrong. Um, for like example, my personal experience, um, I decided to, I graduated in May of 2019. I decided to work full-time, but also take online classes for my graduate school. <clears throat> and the reason why I did that again is because I know myself and it's important you understand who you are, what works best for you. I needed the hands-on experience to truly learn, but also right. to help on top of that, um, I take online courses one class every seven weeks. So I don't overload my workload. So I'm able to really sink in and take in the information that I'm learning in class. And so it's not all, you know, just one in one ear out the other. So it's, it's important to understand to all the listeners out there. It's important to understand what works best for you. Does school work for you? Does full-time work? Do the full-time employee work for you? Just figure out what works best for you and then figure out how do I go down that path? I think there's something important in what you just said there. Like a lot of that connects to what your purpose is. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to go four years and get a piece of paper? Or are you going to school to get something that's going to benefit your life by the classes that you're taking? Are you where your feet are? Are you invested in what you're doing? Or are you just trying to check the box and get through it? If you're not going to school, are you doing things that are going to help you down the road? For me, I'm, you know, I'm right now I'm taking 13 credits. I'm working on top of that. I live an hour away from where I go to school. So I ride the train. It's an hour and a half one way and then an hour and a half back. I'm married, but I'm doing the things that I love right now. And the focus isn't just checking the boxes. If you do that, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. 
But if you really find what you want to do and you invest in that, that's where you find the value in what you're doing. And it's no longer just a, I'm going to sit through this class. It's a, okay, I need to learn how to write properly so I can go on to be a PR major. If I don't learn how to do proper grammar in English 1010 in the easiest course of freshman year, then you just don't learn anything from that. You got to get down through the nitty gritty and be able to work through things that may be tough, may not be the easiest things to do, but that's life. You're never going to get everything that you want. No, it's an up and down. It's a roller coaster ride, but it's a ride in itself. It's a thrill ride. Um, and then eventually you get to the destination that you want to go to. And I, it, it's interesting talking and looking back at, right. You have to go into things with a certain purpose, a certain goal, and not just check off the boxes, like you said. And I remember talking to my former professor and then talked about, he has this awkward thing where he sits there for five minutes. He'll ask a question. And if the class doesn't ask anything, he'll stand there for an awkward five minutes. Like, he's like, I don't care. Like I need you guys to talk. Right. And what I told him was, as students, people are just like, I don't want to participate in this discussion. He's just trying to get us to talk just for the fun of it. But really, um, discussions are important because it helps you apply the theory of what you're learning to actual situations. So you mm -hmm. can't get the hands-on experience, but there's this discussion. It creates that critical thinking that you would be actually be doing um, if you were actually in that situation. But um, let's, do, let's do a fun thing here because I know you're a social media specialist. And I've seen um, a bunch of people do this. So what we're going to do is, um, Olivia and Ryan, you'll play along, and I'll be the person that puts out the, uh, I'll host this game. Um, basically, what I'm going to do is I will say a bunch of different platforms. I will give you, I have my phone here. I'll give you 30 seconds. Um, you tell me what you think about that platform and how you use it. And so I'm going to just shout it out. So we'll start off with Ryan, and Olivia will go after that. All right, ready, set go TikTok. TikTok used to share quick information you don't have to have very many followers but it can definitely go viral i think it's a super valuable tool i personally use it how most parents use instagram they don't know what to post but they love looking at everything on there so i personally don't like i've used it a couple times but i think it's super easy to go viral get tons of interactions so all right olivia ready set go never never used TikTok before oh. Not sure if I have a huge interest in TikTok. If I ever do use TikTok, I'm totally going to ask my 15-year-old sister because she's every single day. However, I have seen a lot of different accounts go viral and gain like a massive following from it. So I think it'd be something I would like to learn how to manage one day. However, personally use, not interested in personally use. Quick story. I have about eight followers on my TikTok. Kobe Castillo, if you're listening to this, follow me on TikTok. I posted a video of me uh, kicking a football through uh, the Dallas Cowboys practice facility, their field goal. I did not make it. Eight followers, 17.6 viewers. And that just shows you how powerful TikTok is. And 17.6 what? 17.6 what? Thousand viewers. 17.6 thousand. Yeah, you got 17.6 thousand views? Yeah. That's, I'm telling you, TikTok that is, is organic reach. Organic that's reach. Wild. All right, ready? Next one. Ready, set, go. Twitter. Twitter. I use it for networking. Probably the best networking tool out there. People can use it with burner accounts just like anything else. It can be used for negativity, but I think the best way to use it is for positivity. It runs in a chronological order, so you get things in real-time updates. Don't have to worry about algorithms. I think it's the best tool out there. Favorite social media platform on the planet. All right, Livia, three, two, one. I agree. Oh. 
I agree. It is my favorite form of social media as well. I feel like I can connect with a lot of different people that way. Um, I use it a lot for when I work for the tennis team too. I live tweet the tennis matches. So that really helps like gaining an organic audience, helping people interact. Um, my personal Twitter, I do like to use it for networking now because I feel like I, it's me. Like that's my personality and it's out there for the world to see. All right. Next one. Ready? Oh man. Three, two, <laughs> one. Facebook. Facebook. I only post my major life updates. So when I got home from my mission, when I got engaged, when I got married, when I got a new job, I very rarely post on there, but that's probably where I get the most organic reach. And that's because the people that are on there that interact definitely care about you. So if you have a close family circle, that's where you want to be. And that's the place to update it because they'll see that and they care about you. I think it's awesome. I think there are way too many Facebook groups out there, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Olivia, ready, set, go. I love using Facebook because all of my family's on there. I like, to me, I see Facebook as a journal almost. So like when I'm older, I can go back and I can look at all the pictures I have. So I really like to update it so I can look back on my memories. Um, I think Facebook is a great place for family. Like Ryan,